Do you think we should do a space campaign one day, or does Spelljammer just not work? Can it work? I, I want know, it to work. I know a lot of people that love their Spelljammer. I also know a lot of people that love their Shadowrun. No, I love Shadowrun. Is it good? Shadowrun? Oh, Shadowrun's fantastic. Yeah, every time you mention it, I always ask you if it's good, and you always say yes, and I still ask you every time. I have vivid memories. you don't believe them. Is right? it good? I had vivid memories. I had a character who uh, went with the full Jax from Mortal Kombat, so he was a dwarf miner with full metal arms. Nice. And his weapon was he had uh, railroad spikes uh, that he would load sticks of explosives into, and he would just impale, like punch things, impale them with these sticks, and then run away and hit the trigger. That's... Wow! Yeah, it's super awesome. And they were all they were all awesome. diamond coated or die coated, and so they were like impen like uh, absolutely impervious to damage. And I would climb uh, walls by like driving these spikes mm-hmm. up the walls and climbing up them. And he was uh, high on the tech end, low on the magic end because there's a balance between the two that you have to manage. Oh, okay, okay. Within Shadowrun, and uh, we had. Uh, this was the campaign with Zug Zug, who was the troll who carried around a diamond-coated girder as his main weapon. And our DM spent uh, weeks and weeks and weeks... Why the hell would you need a diamond-coated girdle? Girder. Girder. Like an I-beam. Like a... a, uh, a so I had a very different answer, but okay. steel beam. Um, yeah. So our, our, we f- were fighting our way through this tower for weeks... And uh, planning this massive magical encounter at the end. And most of us were techie kind of guys. And we get to the end and uh, this troll kind of became the de facto leader of our group. Yeah. Because he was the absolute stupid, dumb as opposed guy. And where he went, we would follow because if not, repercussions would happen. So we get to the end thing. DM's been planning this session for months and uh, does the, you know, the setup, the, you know, you walk into the room and it's dimly lit and you see candles strewn about <laughs> with the large thing. And the character who played Zug Zug, which was the name of this uh, troll, was like, not nah, on board, we're leaving. And walked out. And the DM, I've never, that was like, I've never seen a DM rage so hard against a party. Was the player board or the characters? No, board the, both, he, he did the whole, oh, I'm just playing my character thing. But the player was uh. bored too. Right, it was just like no, I'm, I'm I'm disinterested in this, and he left. So like he just jumped off the building, and we all followed him down. And where where was he wanting to go? Somewhere else. <laughs> Anywhere else? Like was that... Anywhere else? Yeah, it was just like no, no. We this doesn't make me want to play We're not Shadow going Run. to. This, we're yeah, not going to deal with this. Well, that guy was a dink, a dingus. But like the campaign itself was fantastic, but. The, yeah, it didn't last much longer mm. after that. Maybe. We got Call of Cthulhu coming up that's gonna be pretty fun. Yeah, yeah I've been reading into that. That's I'm actually really what stoked. I wanted to talk hey, about. Guys, yeah, do you wanna do uh do you wanna do campaign diaries for Call of Cthulhu in this while well, we do this over the summer? We, we only got four or five weeks of it, right? Yeah, yeah. we yeah. can. Easy to do. Yeah. I I'm planning on going as as stereotypical Arkham Horror as as we can. Yeah, I think do it stereotypical first for the first time. And then mix it up from there. Yeah, you, so that's how you should, in my opinion, that's how you should always do it, right? Yeah. Like, you always do it when you always start a D and D campaign fighting goblins or orcs. Yep. Right. So yeah. Before you move on to you know Gith and Janassi. And, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So that's good. You know what keeps me up at night? This is a real sight. It's just because we were done with this. The the horror, the horrible, horrible thoughts of eldritch horrors slowly seeping into your dreams and slowly eating away at your consciousness and sanity. Oh, or you Dan's belly button. <laughs> <laughs> those are the same thing. That's what, yeah. Really. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How come they haven't made a good Thundercats movie yet? That does bother me. Thundercats <laughs> is one of those things from my childhood that they haven't touched on. Do you guys, you probably won't know this, Terry. Dan, do you remember the show Cops? C-O-P-S? And it, it stood for certain, like, it was like Command Bad Boys, Bad Boys? No, no, no. No, no, no. They all had like like biotech armor and like... No. Uh, it was like from the, from the early 90s and it was just... Mm-hmm. They were out against. The, was it like I'm, live action or? No, it was it was a cartoon. Was it different types of robots in there? Was yeah, like the, yeah, there were different. Was robots? it like a skinny ninja one and then like a nerdy one? And kind then, of. Are you thinking I guess? Transformers? No, not no, 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 no. But there's a lot of stuff from my childhood that they haven't mined yet, and I'm like, please don't. And I don't want to go back and revisit it because it. I, I'm okay if they never touch Thundercats because I hated Thundercats. Oh, it was I such a dumb show. When, when, I, when I got older, narf, narf. and when I got older, yeah, Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats. There was, was like, always like a change. lesson at the end that you didn't realize. Like, it was like, and remember, because bullies never win. <laughs> well, that takes back to GI Joe yeah, too. Like, oh, right? God. Anyway, speaking of icons, we promised last week that we would cover dragons, mm. and I would like to get cover into them with what? Um, our words. 
and okay. our praise and love, our yeah. adoration. Because anything else, they will eat us and destroy us. Yeah, we love dragons the way that Dan loves these stevia freaking dragons. They're so good. They're really not. Anyway. <laughs> what is it? Zevia? Zevia. Yeah, sponsor us. Zevia. Sponsor them. Zevia, don't sponsor us. We're holding out for Coke, okay? <laughs> Someone's got some money to fund this thing. Goddamn Zevia. Let's take a Zevia all over there. I actually have uh, some Coca-Cola stevia sweetened stuff upstairs. So Coca-Cola? Yeah. My God. Is it? Okay, hold on. Is it C... O umlaut K for for Coke. Coca <laughs> Cola. Yeah, right. No, it's it's actually Coca Cola right. product. Sweet okay. with sweet with stevia and cane sugar. Nobody cares on to dragons. <laughs> so <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, we gotta cut this whole thing. <laughs> so dragons. It is half of the title. It is one of the most important aspects of the game. It was the very first two parter for Fifth Ed that was released. Was the uh, Tyranny of Dragons. Yep. It is the thing that Terry's most excited about in all of Dungeons and Dragons. Yes! It is by far the most iconic aspect of the game. You have knights on horses fighting dragons. It is built right into the mythos. Yeah. And yet, how often do you face them in campaigns? Not enough for my liking. I think that's true of a lot of people, and yet a lot of people also think a dragon is a dragon is a dragon, which is not true at all in D&D. So let's start off with kind of a dragon overview uh, I want to really hit what is a dragon and why do we like them and, and what is so important about them before we start to do a series hitting each one of the different kinds specifically yep. and their impact on the world. Yeah. So let's do the opening music and then we can launch right into this. Go. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. So dragons. This is by far the thing that I'm the most excited about. Uh, It was, uh, I think, the most poorly understood by the average player, this aspect of the game. And there are so many different ways to handle dragons. But before we get into it, before we roll initiative to see what we want to, uh, how we would um, look at dragons in D&D specifically as being unique things, what really stands out to us. Before we jump into that, I want to kind of give a breakdown on what is a dragon? Hmm. Because a lot of people may be surprised. What you think of as a dragon is not necessarily what it is in Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, First of all, the first big thing that you need to know is dragons are inherently magical. Everything about them is magic. These are massive, usually the angel ones are massive beasts that, yes, they can fly. Yes, they have breath weapons. But they are in and of themselves magical creatures. But they're also intelligent. They are often more intelligent than your high level wizard. Like they they are whip smart. Yeah, they really are. And a lot of that has to come down to the idea of how old they are. I feel like experience has a big factor to play with uh, with dragons too, because a red dragon I think can live up to twenty eight hundred years. Oh wow! Um, And that is in fifth ed. Dan like went, wait a minute, is the, does the math check out? And he got up to four and then... I actually didn't know they had a lifespan. I thought they just continued to get bigger until they were removed, yeah, the, essentially. Really, the thought of giving an age to a dragon seems like something weird to me. Yeah. It's like, Are they you get old it? and then you continue to just get old. Well, I... Okay. And and they're, they're like... They just get bigger and bigger and bigger. There's no stopgap. Like, their pituitary gland is going hard forever see the, the problem with that is you end up with tolkien sized dragons which are the size of continents hmm. because at some point nothing can challenge them yeah right so well that's why you have a group of hardy adventurers to go and take them down before they get to that size adam also don't they need to eat like you have to be able to sustain yourself with food to get that big I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well that's why you kill the tarasque and you just eat it every fifth round right there you go so when it regenerates anyway so here's some things you may not know about dragons they're warm-blooded so they are actually able to handle extreme cold. They are able to handle space if you're doing Spelljammer. Hmm. Um, m- almost every kind of dragon can breathe uh, underwater as well. Uh, and you think about what it would look like to see a dragon rise up out of a lake as opposed to swooping from overhead. When you're hunting the black dragon who lives in a swamp and he is underwater watching you. 
right? That's pretty terrifying. Yeah. And a lot of people don't really grasp onto the fact that they're smart enough to do that. Yeah. Um, there are... Um, so they have wings. Obviously, they fly. A lot of dragons that we see, Game of Thrones dragons, they don't have front legs. They have yeah, back legs and wings. Yeah, those are wyverns. That's what a D&D wyvern is. Uh, and wyverns will cover another episode as well, but let's stay on dragons. Four legs. They all have claw attacks. They all have bite attacks. And they all have tail attacks. Mm-hmm. I like to include myself a wing attack as just being another claw attack. But why wouldn't you hit someone with your giant fuck yeah. off wing? <laughs> right? Um, and these wings are huge. You look at uh, the size of a bird's body, the size of their wingspan. Right? And it's like a two and a half to one. Yeah. Right? We should be talking that on dragons too. Like yeah. these wings blot out the sun when they fly over. Um, there are two basic types of dragons in D&D. We have chromatic and metallic. You could talk about your gem dragons and your... Uh, your your uh, Shadow dragon. Your and... shadow dragons and your draculiches all you want. But there's really only two basic kinds. Yeah. Um, for the chromatic, there's white, black, green, blue, and red. Red being the most iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, strangely enough, because guys, uh, it's green dragon and pretty much everything that I ever read growing up. There's yeah. always a green dragon blowing fire. Uh, and no, then, uh, for me, red, it's red. red. Smaug. Smaug was red. Red. Like, even in the book, Smaug was red. No, I, I know. The Hobbit aside, I was about to say, the Hobbit aside, if you take a look at Disney, if you take a look at Pete's dragon, it's always a green dragon. Uh, there's, there's a black one in one of those movies. There's a black I guess dragon. green, but equally so for me, red. I grew up in the UK, and the Welsh flag is a red dragon. Yeah. And so that's the dragon I used to see all the time. And every dragon ever had fire breath, right? Until yeah. D&D. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, which is not the case anymore. Um, so there's chromatic. There's also metallic, brass, copper, bronze, silver, and gold. Uh, and that is the kind of power scaling. Uh, dragons are incredibly racist. Which is uh, what I'll touch on a little bit later. They fucking hate elves, uh, as we all do. No, they fucking hate each other. <laughs> yeah, yep. So uh, even, like, your silvers and your golds will get along to a degree. But only to a degree, right? Um, the idea is that the chromatic are evil and the metallic are good. But even the metallic are not that good. They, yeah. are, they are good to a degree. Well, that's always... I always kind of look at it like bears. A grizzly bear is like chromatic. A grizzly bear will kill you to eat you. A black bear might just decide it doesn't want to kill you that time. You yeah, know? but you are still food. Uh, well, yeah, I look at I look at metallic dragons the same way that you look at hags and a lot of the fae and whatnot. They just have a weird perspective on life. Yeah, yeah. they're they're going to have far different priorities, and you are not one of them. Yeah, a dragon so, doesn't concern itself with the opinions of sheep. Exactly. Basically, it. Yeah. Yeah. So there are five stages of life to a fifth ed dragon. Um, and counting down, there's ancient dragons. These are the things that are gargantuan. They tower over buildings. They're they're. Death I miss incarnate. the colossal sizing. So do I, specifically for dragons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are uh, adult dragons, which are huge size. That in and of itself is enough to wipe out most parties. Mm-hmm. A yep. single one of these. Uh, then there are young. Uh, these things are uh, large size. Think about the size of a horse. That, to me, seems really small for a dragon. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and they don't stay young for very long. Beneath that is Wormling. And Wormlings are the size of about a man. Mm. Um, and they are they're still intelligent enough. They still have enough wisdom and charisma to, to be a factor. But they don't have half of the powers that mm. the others do. Keeping in mind, the older they get, the more powerful they become. And then before that, in my favorite stage... Dragon eggs. Absolutely love them, and people don't use them enough in their campaigns. Okay, yeah. I I've never used them, so I'll be looking forward to exploring that, I think. Uh, well, we had a dragon egg in our last campaign mm. that a character carried around in a backpack. And it was excited about it. Yeah, and that was, that was pretty fun. So yeah. um, we can, we can I touch on that. I had a whole that. bunch of midweek around protecting that damn thing. Yep. Um, so they all have breath weapons, and they're all unique. Um and metallics have two effects on their breath weapons. Yeah, they, or they have two different breath weapons. Mm-hmm. They have like so, um, like an elemental, and then more like an environmental. Uh, yeah, yeah, a condition like a condition. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. You're, you're asleep, or you're you're Stunned. petrified, or whatever, right? Um, they're very long lived and intelligent, like we, we talked about. The dumbest dragon, the dumbest ancient dragon, is the white dragon, mm-hmm. and it still has an intelligence of ten, so it's still as smart as you or I, and it's that's dumb. Yeah. Um, the red ancient dragon only goes up to an eighteen. Which you think, okay, there are some wizards that have 20. But that's an 18 intelligence 
with 2,800 years of experience behind it. Yeah. It knows what it's doing, and it has planned for it. Yeah. So um, always, always, always give it the benefit of the doubt. Uh, most dragons are prideful. Yeah, exactly. It's not, you're not going to be the first wizard that that uh, red dragon has come across in his time. Yeah, and yeah. you won't be the last yeah. because you will be eaten. Yeah. So, and it will meet another one later. Um, dragons have layers. And their layers all have layer actions as they get older. They, these layers have layer actions. They also have environmental aspects to them. The region around the layers have uh, effects and aspects to them as well. Every dragon has uh, some amount of frightful presence. Every dragon has multi-attack. Every ancient dragon has three legendary actions and le- and layer actions when they're in their lair and legendary resistances. These things are going to wipe you out. Yeah. So these are all D&D specific aspects to what a dragon is. In your opinion, guys, yeah. when you look at these aspects of the dragon, what is it that stands out to you is I want to use this in a campaign. This is the thing that I'm like, you know what? I want to inject this for my players to have to, to have to handle. So I want to roll initiative because I'm tired of talking. Oh, Great. Holla. Oh, I got a 10. I have one. Greeny has been failing me quite a lot. Three long. out of the last four rolls. <sighs> okay, so I'll go first. So uh, what am I most excited about? What do I want to yeah, do in my all, campaign? Yeah, all those aspects. Probably... Before we get into the personalities of them, yeah. before we get into layer actions, right. any of that stuff. All that stuff. Uh, the, the 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 climate effects around the region I'm most excited about yeah. and I think I think it's done sometimes but I don't think it's done enough so it depends on how far you spread it probably depends on how big and how old the dragon is but it's going to change everything if the climate is changed if the climate is generally becoming much warmer or becoming much more acidic <clears> or becoming <throat> poisoned yeah what is leaving what is dying and also what is being attracted to mm-hmm. that area what is uh, taking that as a call to action or a summons to go and support fight for that dragon because dragons are powerful and territorial and can hold this territory because they have followers and minions as yeah. well they're not necessarily they isolate themselves yet around their horde but you can guarantee that if the climate is changing their region is changing around there the kobolds are going in there as well or any orcs that have aligned themselves with that particular dragon are coming into that area and we were talking in the last podcast about evidence and signs yeah. of this that climate that climate change as you're getting closer to that dragon it's getting worse and worse and worse and as you're getting on top of that mountain it is just horrific it's hard to breathe you're thinking and conditions you're thinking exhaustion i think all that should be played in the exploration of your game so like like a white dragon winter is coming winter right? is coming yeah the same way that the with the white walkers of game of thrones and, right and it should be so horrific that by the time you get to fighting that white dragon which by the way is a big enough task on its own it's made so much harder by the environment that you're in if you are fighting freezing. a dragon in a lair, you're a moron and you shouldn't do it. Yep, it is <laughs> freezing cold and there is a blizzard and you can't see each other and it's awful. And yeah, exactly. If you're fighting a dragon in its own lair, well, you deserve to die at that point. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, for me, uh, the thing that excites me the most is the idea of a, of a dragon egg. I love this as being... See, when I heard the Dragon Heist was coming out, I went, my God, we're stealing dragon eggs. I'm in. And then it wasn't. And I weep. I weep still to this day. It has disappointed me to my core. I want dragon eggs. When when they revealed the dragon eggs uh, to Daenerys in Game of Thrones, yeah. I was excited. When they say in, uh, in Dragonheart, I'm the last dragon. There are no more. I'm like, no, dragon eggs. I absolutely love them because this is an item of incredible power. First of all, what crazy-ass spells can you do with a dragon egg? Yeah. If you use that as a... I Okay, I want a druid who is casting spells with this as a as a druidic totem, mm. right? I think that your dragon ancestry sorcerer has a dragon egg as an arcane focus yeah. and is casting spells out of this dragon egg. The material like, component for Stinking Cloud is a rotten egg. So well, there you go. So, rotten dragon egg. <laughs> yeah, you get you get a black dragon egg, and, and you're good to go. So, um, how you came across a dragon, a black dragon egg, and it was rotten on the inside, and you are going to use it for a level what two spell? Oh, it won't be level two at that point. No, no. Well, there's a, should also be a lot of just in terms of dragon egg, like residual power left that even a dragon egg shell discarded oh. by a wormling or something like that yeah. should within itself contain some sort of magical yeah, essence. Yeah, right? I, I, I want to get into that a little bit more later. Um, but 
I just love the idea of trying to hunt down the eggs. These are perfect MacGuffins for anything that you're yep. going to do. Yep. You know what? We need five items. We need, need all five of the metallic dragon eggs. That's it. And we got to put them in this thing. And then when that happens, a thing happens. And okay. you have a campaign go. Yeah, that's right. So, But a dragon egg is perfect. Can you imagine the scene when the level 12 party has this egg that they've been protecting from the cultists? And it's been an escort mission of an egg. And they've lost it a couple times and gotten it back. And they've laid siege. And yeah. they've escaped through the sewers. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're sitting there and the egg starts to move and begins to hatch. Life finds a way. Right. <laughs> exactly. That, uh, that, um, that, uh, that's chaos theory. So, <laughs> but, but the thing. You're, you're Jeff Goldblum is <laughs> immaculate. And, uh, and I here I am, uh, talking to myself. So. <laughs> Have you seen him in Portlandia? Do you ever watch Portlandia? No. Okay, you got to watch that. I did, see him, in the, I did see him in The hilarious. League, and that was the best thing ever. <laughs> I keep on forgetting Samuel L. Jackson was in that movie. In what movie? Dra- uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. I keep on yeah. forgetting he's in that movie. Yeah. As, oh. as a nerdy programmer, I'm yeah. like, Hold really? on to your butts. Yeah. So, <laughs> Motherfucker. I'm going to get these motherfucking dinosaurs off this motherfucking island. <laughs> so, anyway... I just love the idea of this dragon egg then hatching. They're in the middle of running away from whoever the bad guys are, and their backpack starts to move. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a small breath weapon comes out of the back of it. Yeah. Right? Like, that is an incredibly memorable scene. Dragon eggs are ticking time bomb, but now you have a wormling pet. Yeah. Right? What does that look like? And at what point do you get rid of the wormling as well? In whichever way you get rid of it, set it free, or as you're becoming attached to it. Because me, because I like to hurt people, would immediately make that wormling become attached to the the player that I know will get suckered into that. Yeah. And yeah, that would be great. Uh, Yeah. I like, there's, there's so much, there's so much you can do with a dragon egg. And I just, I love the idea of it. So that's me, Dan. Um, for me, I love the idea of uh, dragons masquerading as humans mm. uh, within a campaign. Yeah. Uh, being like that silent, uh, not even silent, but that, that manipulator from the scenes. Like you said, they're really smart and they're innately magical. So why can the black dragon brood queen not be an advisor to the king of the realm? Because chromatics can't do that, only metallics can. Well, uh, well, well by base it. nature, yes, but... I mean, there's no, there's no reason why they couldn't have learned that spell. Yeah. Okay. That's true. They're all, but I mean, before we get into their, their habitual natures and their personalities, the base raw stats of the dragon, how do you, what do you like? So you like the idea of them being spellcasters. I like the idea of them being spellcasters and actually using that, like them being just mindless, you know, incredibly powerful meat blender uh, lizards. Isn't entertaining to me. You could have bullets. You could have wyverns. You could have drakes. You could have whatever other sort of dragon analog do this. You could have a particularly pissed off dire bear fit the that description. You 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 gotta embrace the thing that makes dragons so unique to themselves is that they are these massive imposing physical forces who would rather use their magical, or at least some of them, would rather use their magical or could use their magical capabilities against a party first, right? Um, it drives me up the wall when I see dragons landing Yeah, when you're fighting, when they're fighting. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, why the, would well, it land? I know we're going to be discussing tactics in a little bit, but yeah, yeah I've got some. Right, like that, that so. drives me insane. No, no, this thing's flying overhead, waiting for its breath weapon to recharge and bluff. And, like, occasionally maybe throwing down a spell, running down and picking up the wizard and dropping it. They can't see your hand movements, so they just they think that you do dragon breath to be... (laughs) (laughs) They miss the whole, like, finger waving that just happened. That's what happens if you try before it's recharged. Yeah, I I, I, I want to do a series of YouTube videos that is uh, uh, the nerdy signs for things like that. Because, like, dragon is literally... the, The ASL sign language sign for dragon is breath coming out like it is a waving fire coming out of your mouth that is how you sign dragon. with your fingers you have to explain this to they can't fingers. see us Dan. i know stop showing me I, i'm tired of looking at you but uh dragons themselves are so powerful that they can use their physical stuff but why would they lower themselves to this meager standing of standing on the ground and 
swiping Slashing, at things. Yeah. Right? Some of them have legit reasons to do it. The blue dragon specifically will land and fuck you up. That is a thing. A red dragon may just be like, oh, you're a barbarian and a fighter and a paladin. Let me show you. Yeah, all depends, right? Black dragons are very sadistic and would probably like to do, would probably like to come down and I think they like to let their prey think they're escaping and then like tear them off. Yeah, yeah. I, if, I, if I'm a dragon too, I mean, as much as I'm not landing, I, I we'll talk about tactics later, but why not the pick up and drop? Oh, yeah. I love that. Right? That's one of my favorite. Because what do you do? Or, if you don't have Featherfall, you you are just, you are paced. Or why not? <laughs> I guess, okay, I'm going to wait until we get to tactics. All, all right. So, yeah. So, so then you like the spell casting aspect of it. Yes. Right? I love the idea of a dragon egg. Terry, you said words as well, but it's late. Um, what's it? <laughs> oh, uh, climate change. Oh, the, yeah, the uh, the regional effects. Climate change. Yeah. It's a real problem within, <laughs> within the Forgotten Realms. We're, we're, well, clearly, we're, we just need more dragons. We're going to teleport Leonardo DiCaprio, and he's going to come and fix all for and, us. And he'll hop on his helicopter. <laughs> all right, sounds good. Um, let's break for a commercial before we get into the real meaty goodness of a dragon. cool would it be to hear your company name on this podcast? Pretty stinking cool. It's Mimic is ready to take our show to the next level. We want to partner with other awesome businesses to share your brand with our listeners. Please email us at info at itsamimic.com for advertising information. All right, so now let's jump into the idea of the general rules of how to run the personality, the social encounter aspect of a, of a dragon. So there are a few things that we touched on really briefly before, and I'll just go over it again real quick. Every dragon believes themselves to be superior to every other dragon and every other kind of person, bar none, no matter what. <laughs> so every dragon believes themselves to be superior to every other color or kind of dragon, every other species, but also every other dragon of their own type. Yeah. Every dragon, honestly, like their their downfall is their pride. Almost across the board on this. It is such a key factor to who a dragon is. Right. Dragons, however, have gods that they worship. These are not just gods that exist. Oh, there's a dragon god over there that the humans worship. No, these are gods that they truly believe in. We're going to do episodes on these gods in yeah. the future. Um, but really quickly, there's Tiamat, who is the evil queen of the chromatic dragons. She's got five heads, and each one of the heads is a different color for each one of the chromatic colors. So, again, that's uh, white, black, green, blue, and red. Yep. There's Bahamut, who is the platinum dragon, and he is kind of the father of all of the um, all of the metallic, metallic dragons. dragons. Yep. But then there's the little known, or the little spoken of, all-father dragon god who spawned both Bahamut and Tiamat and made them the flip coins of each other. They're siblings? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I based the character completely off the war between ba- Bahamut and I didn't Tiamat. know they were siblings, though. Yeah, yeah. and they, they've got their dragon all-father. They're like ten different kinds of all-fathers in the, in the different pantheons <laughs> in D&D. But the dragon all-father is Io. And it's spelt I-O. Yeah. And um, he is the god of... Uh, he's... Neutral and true neutral, but also on top of that, like his symbol, his emblem is a disc uh, with all the different colors of... of so what color of is he? Or He is just presented as being a god, the multicolored god. He doesn't have a color. He is completely Looks neutral. Looks like an oil slick. But yeah. well, I, I think that he is almost ethereal. Yeah. Right. Um, but the crazy thing about him is that He's a god of peace and balance and all alignments exist within him. So as much as he's about balance, if the good guys are winning, he'll beef up the bad guys. Yeah. Right? It, it is about the, the two different aspects being in perfect balance, which is kind of neat. Um, every dragon, when you sit there and read about them in the monster manual, every one of them is temperamental as all hell, even the good guys. And they all have their own weird mental illness. And like it, sometimes it's greed. Or sometimes it's vanity. Some of them are bipolar. Some of them don't understand social interactions. Some of them are are hoarders. If you sit down and say, what mental illness is this? You will find a dragon that actually corresponds to it. Mm, And it's really cool to go through and see that these are supreme beings. 
that are kind of insane. Um, and not in the same way that a beholder is, which is just paranoid, right? Um, every one of them is incredibly territorial about their lair and their region yeah. and their followers and their horde. Like, you can't get this right. You need permission to be near it. Yeah. Um, pretty much no matter what. They do have hordes. Sometimes those hordes aren't giant piles of gold. Everyone always assumes it's riches, and it isn't. For some of them, especially the good ones, their horde is people and followers. Hmm. Um, I think it is silver dragons who like to shape change and yes, actually and join. In. Yeah, yeah they, they join. Yeah. They'll be like a banker that for dozens of generations, and their their empire is their horde. Because they're just fascinated by By humans. human interactions yeah. and stuff, yeah. right? Um, so there are cults for every kind of dragon and every kind of dragon god. There are followers. They don't have to be kobolds, although they usually are. Um, they don't have to be humans. That's the other one that I see a lot. Why doesn't a tiefling or a dwarf... Why don't dwarves worship a red dragon that live in the mountains? Hmm. Right? Why do we limit it to kobolds and not lizard folk? We know that dragonborns will land somewhere in the mix. What about half dragons? Where do they land? Yeah. Exactly. So, and why wouldn't dwarves? Um, why wouldn't dwarves praise a dragon that lives in the mountains that is really protecting them? Yeah. You know, it's stopping enemies coming towards them. There, there is actually a in uh, Tomb of Annihilation. There are dwarves that worship the red dragon. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Makes perfect sense. I, I have trouble seeing elves worshiping a dragon, but again, why not? Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, the so we said that the. Canonic, or canonically speaking, it's only the metallics that can shape change. I hate that. I would 100% myself. I'd home it, yeah, all, of them, yeah. all of them should be able to shape change. We were talking about this earlier, and you guys mentioned that, like, even off mic, we, we had mentioned that uh, the chromatics don't shape change. And uh, that's BS. Like, yeah, just let them do it. it. It seems, I mean, there may be an argument for balance or something, but e that doesn't even make sense anyway, because, I mean, metallic dragons already have two breath weapons. Like, yeah. So, and they can shape change. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, th there are, uh, and the other thing about it is they are the third most prolific species in the entire game. The first being humans. Humans can breed with anything. The second being orcs. Orcs will breed with anything. And the third being dragons. Dragons like to get their fuck on. That's just <laughs> how they go about their business. So can your uh, bard seduce a dragon? Yes. We'll get to well, that. We'll get I've to got that. Let's strong opinions. On yeah. That. So do I. So I have. Uh, I have. I have three questions, uh, and I want everybody to answer them. So before before we roll initiative, here are my questions, and I'll remind you when you forget. Uh, when running dragons, what are your go-to behaviors and tactics? Okay. That's one. Two. Can a bard seduce a dragon? And three. Can people ride them? 11. Natural twenty. Oh, I'm last with an eleven. So. First and foremost, in my opinion, people can ride a dragon, but by God, they won't let you. They'll pick you up and carry you. You are beneath them. They are not a mount. Yeah. Hard stop. <laughs> are there, everybody loves the idea of, oh, how to train your dragon and and um, Daenerys riding on a dragon. Everybody wants that moment. Now, once you get by beyond a young dragon, the answer is straight up no. That or, came up in our game just recently. When yeah. you, and that kind of threw me. It made me laugh the way you did it because... <laughs> You're like, well, can you take this person from here to here? And they were like, fine, pick them up. And they just took them. It's like, oh, yeah. why would they let them on this honor position of like ride me? Yeah. yeah. So, so that's that's my opinion right off the bat. Is is they would be offended to be considered a mount. Yeah. Um, second of all, I'm gonna work backwards. Can bards seduce a dragon? Uh, bards can seduce a dragon enough to get their uh, attention, mm -hmm. and I would never let a dragon be seduced. That dragon under, like, they're inherently magical. So you can just make up whatever rules about them that you really want mm -hmm. to throw into your campaign. But straight up, off the bat, I would say, no, that dragon is in control. If a dragon chooses a mate, that is the dragon's choice. The bard may be the most uh, important or the most noteworthy of the potential mates. But I'm going to draw that out over a few sessions. Yeah. Right? So... But when running uh, dragons, my go-to behavior is be mysterious as all hell. So give them just a bizarre personality trait that, that are going. it's going to be difficult. It, not necessarily riddles, 
But your players need to be sitting there going, oh, God, what's the right answer? Mm-hmm. Right? If they're not scared for their lives in a social encounter, you're not running your dragon properly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you and ran your dragon well. I just remembered that you were talking about, depending on who's talking, you described how the dragon moved. And how the head went like right up to yeah. them and like stared them down and like the, this big swooping movement with the neck. And I remember thinking, yeah, that's terrifying. And we kind of got on edge a little bit, like depending on. And then we were afraid to speak. We weren't just yeah. all speaking. I was like, I don't want to say anything. I don't want that head coming over near me. The other thing that I absolutely love is that the dragon's spreading the wings over and covering some of the party members. Yeah. Just above you. You are in its shadow and it wants you to know it. Or the tail coils around. And there's only one way out. There's a five foot like yeah. area for you to back out as a dragon's face is in yours and the tail has encircled you and you are in its area. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Right. Dragons for me are all about leaning into the fear. And this is my favorite thing about dragons. I want, I would always run it to be that they want their legend to last forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not just the legend of dragons, although it's a part of it. Their legends specifically. They want to be either a master manipulator or they want to be able to have founded a bank if they're a silver dragon or an empire or a, or a dynasty or whatever it is. They are there for the long term. They're thinking big, big picture. And they will leave someone alive to spread their tale. Mm-hmm. That's the, not spread the tale like that, Terry. You're not a bard. Calm down. <laughs> but the to, to spread their, their story, their legend, when they... Are there terrifying the the village? They're burning it all down and they're letting some of the children go so that those children will have PTSD in front of other people for the next 60 years. Yeah. Right? That's what a dragon wants. Some of them are more sadistic than others. But even the gold, if you piss off a gold, it's it's the lawful good version of a dragon. But it's laws, not yours. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's law, idea. law doesn't mean the law. Yeah. It's like more like a code that they follow. Yeah. 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 And, and it's idea of good, not yours. Yeah. Right. So you are really at this thing's mercy right from the beginning. Yeah. We're going to assume this dragon is not vegan. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, that's me. Who rolled next? I think it was, that was Dan. Me. Dan. Dan. Um, again, I when it comes to running, so. Three questions, because of course I forgot. Can a bard seduce a dragon? Yes, I would give that to the bard. I would give that full four to the bard, but it's not going to go the way he thinks it is. Death um, by snoo snoo. Death by snoo snoo. Yeah. yeah, like it'll be it'll be the last time he seduces anything ever. Um, he'll be lucky if he walks away without a broken pelvis, right? Like. It, it it's it's going to be it's like a shape change into a into a no no it's going to take a minute yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. also going to expect results as yes. well if you yeah. come this far as yeah. well you better the amount of pressure to impress a dragon yeah i don't understand why bards go i'm asleep with the dragon oh my God. no exactly. no man oh. just no it'd be like a wizard sleeve it'd be like throwing a hot dog down a hallway anyways anyways um so, can a bard sleep with one? Yeah, I guess. Uh, but why would you want to? Um, what were the other two? Because I forgot. Can people ride a dragon? Okay. That is why wyverns exist. That is why your other dragon analogs exist. Your drakes. and Your, your drakes. Your crocodiles. Can they ride an actual dragon? Um, in the most dire of circumstances, purely on the dragon's terms, yes. Because the mean, dragon's like, going to know can you that's ride a probably dragon. going to be the best place to physically grab on. can you ride a dragon? I'll grab onto a scale. Yeah, or hold a spire on tight. Or spine or I'm something. gonna go really fast vertical and probably upside down sometimes, and then I'm like, I don't. Yes, you could technically ride a dragon, but I don't think for very long. Yeah. <laughs> um. But no, mostly they're gonna they're gonna pick you up. But that's why wyverns exist. That's why I'm so happy you've given us. In our other campaign, the wyverns that we have where we will ride these things. And, like, that's when you get your image of, like, Daenerys grabbing on to uh, to uh, Drogon. Drogon. I always forget the names of the dragons in Game of Thrones. Like, her grabbing on to Drogon, that is a wyvern. That is not a real dragon in D&D terms. Um, and then the last one, my favorite tactics, my favorite, uh, the way I run dragons. Um I like running dragons as manipulators. Very rarely will you ever combat a dragon in one of my campaigns. Um, if you've 
fighting a dragon, you're doing it wrong. Um, but if it really came down to fighting it, um, that dragon is going to be a master strategist. It is going to be better than anything you've done in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I love the pick up and drop. I love the, we're just going to wait out my breath weapon. Yeah, the flyby attack with a breath weapon. Yeah, yeah, I love those. Um, you mentioned earlier, like, wing buffeting. Love doing that as well. Um, it's going to target... It's going to read the party and see which one everyone's protecting and target that one first. Yeah, dep- right? Depending on which dragon Depending is, on which right? kind of dragon, right? So, I mean, if you're up against a bronze dragon who just needs to make a point, like, shut up, stop talking, you are in my lair, and by God, the Bard and Rogue think they're funny... And we're just going to knock them the fuck out so that I can talk to the wizard. Yeah. Right? Like, he's not going for the kill on that necessarily, but he will definitely target. Yeah. 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 So, uh, that that's... And, like, each dragon's going to fight different. Right? Like, uh, a white dragon is going to be a primal fight. It is using its physical prowess against you. Um, a red... Probably not. A black, almost certainly not. See, I would say that absolutely you're going to fight a red, but because you have thwarted its plans and now it is pissed. Yeah. Right? And this is the thing where the pride comes in, no. where um, the, the dragon itself, like, you've you've pissed it off. You have proven that it's not the smartest one in the room. So it's going to make a new room after it burns this one down mm-hmm. with everyone else still inside of it so that no one will spread the tale of how... He failed. Yeah. Right? And th- that's a really interesting way of going about it. Um, I don't understand the people that are just like, walk into the dragon lair, and he's sleeping. The Smaug fight, like, I find you... It's not indicative of a and d dragon. Yeah. That no. is very, very specifically a Tolkien dragon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think um, people get lost with that. Uh, and am I the only one that thinks that red dragons are the only ones that sleep on a pile of gold? I don't even think red dragons do. Like, I, I, I like that image. I like that mental image of the red dragon sleeping on the pile of gold. But, like, everything else has it squared away, has it pushed off somewhere. Like, I, I don't see a blue dragon doing anything no. messily. I imagine a black dragon sleeping on a pile of skulls and bones. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Or, and, like, a, a, a blue dragon has a area where it has neatly stacked everything off to the side. And a hidden area. Being more meticulous with yeah, it. Yeah, right? and we can get into the specifics of this in future episodes when we go dragon by dragon through this. Yeah. But it's interesting that you bring that up. I would say that, okay, first of all, so a dragon has a horde. How to get it in the mountain? Mm-hmm. Right? And my, and my answer to that is it eats the horde and pukes it up. Yeah. Yep. That just or makes, its followers bring it to... It, yeah. it, or its it donations, tribute, yeah. Tributes, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, when it goes and kills a rival dragon, it eats the horde and pukes it up. Yeah. I see reds and golds and 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 blues because of the, the lightning and the fire breath. Um, they're, when In their lair, there's no gold coins. The walls are made of gold because they've melted this shit down. Yeah. Right? It yeah. is one solid gold surface or one pile of gold or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that... I like that idea. <laughs> I, the, oh, he got all of the most precious uh, tapestries from the kingdom. And he just burned them so no one can get them. Yeah. And I have the ashes. Right? So now you have to go get the tapestries back in order to impress the princess. And nope. <laughs> just, just no. And by the way, here's a dragon, right? Like, like, what do you do? What do you do? When you can't find them, you just find ash. Yeah. yeah. And the red dragon's like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, what do, you, what do you do? Right? And I just think that that's, speaking of hordes, yeah. that's what I think of. This is why dragons are so differently minded. They think different. Yeah. yeah. They think differently. So, Terry? Uh, okay. Can a, a bard seduce a dragon? Okay. For me, it is, what is seduction and whose terms is it on? Can a, a bard can attempt to seduce a dragon, and even if they succeed, I would be more inclined to just say the dragon is impressed with your flattery, and now has decided it likes you the most, yeah. and so now is only speaking to you, and now you've set a standard where it now expects to be flattered constantly 
because that is the relationship that you've built as opposed to the the dragon immediately decides that it wants to fuck you it's not going to happen like relationships that. in D happen too too easily it just happens too quickly in my opinion yeah i but think it's so can you well, you can't dragon? get married off the single successful d20 rule <laughs> no can, there's not a one in 20 chance if you get not five percent chance of that happening yes you you can seduce a dragon but it's it's on their terms and it's it's um there's going to be expectations from the dragon after that uh what was the second question um how t- can you ride a dragon like I think I already answered that. Yes, a little bit, probably, but they're moving very quickly and physics, and they're going to go upside down, and they don't really care whether or not you survive the ride. I, I feel like can you can you can you ride a semi truck that flies? Yeah. Can you ride an airplane? Yeah. Yes, but yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like well, imagine like trying to hold on to like the roof of a car that's going really quickly, yeah. but it's going to turn a lot, and the car also goes upside down. You know, it's uh, yes, technically, but probably not. Uh, and tactics, at least not for long. Tactics for playing dragons. I'm a big fan of movement, and dragons can move in different ways. They can they can run across the ground, they can fly, they can swim, and they can burrow. And I think dragons need to get to more burrowing. Cause absolute a lot devastation. Of them can, but not, but not, not all of them, but if you can, cause absolute devastation and then bury forty feet and go in different directions. And now they have to come to you. And their lightning bolt spells or whatever are not gonna work. And I think use of movement is devastating. Also, you talked about picking up and flying up and then dropping. Picking up, flying up, and then dropping, and now not flying. And now you're picking up, dropping, and now landing on top of them as well. Oh, that's brilliant. I love it. That That's or, an instant or, death. Or like using terrain as well. Like there's no reason why the ancient green dragon won't rip a tree out of its uh, place and drop that on the party. Absolutely. I'm just talking about free actions here, which is yeah. you're flying and now you've stopped flying. And that's okay. Yes, it will hurt the dragon a little bit, but... A gargantuan-sized dragon? How many people is that going to land on? One person got dropped from 80 Potentially feet Potentially 16. Yeah, yeah, exactly, from 80 feet up. And then that dragon just went, I'll take that D6. I'll just stop flying and land on top of you. You're dead immediately. Yeah. Yeah. No legendary actions, nothing. <laughs> and I, I find that dragons, uh, for me, before it gets to the battle, more of like the intimidation stage in, within the region, I would use my dragons to do absolutely devastating shows of force killing some people sometimes in a devastating fashion because that fear will stop people coming to them and then just being incredibly lazy from there. So I think that whole kind of like Negan thing, yeah. kill, kill one of them and then the rest of them won't come. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I, I often think of the before the combat, I always picture them stereotypically as being Jafar. Yeah, yeah. Um, when they're... <coughs> You just wait for me to talk. Is that what this is? Like, <laughs> my God, we we are going to drive you to the clinic as soon as we we stop recording. Um, I have a dry job that's very dusty. That's all this is. Uh, I know, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think about the idea of it being this this evil um, advisor type of character a lot. Or you know, you think the banker? Why not a school uh, headmaster? Yeah, right. That runs a wizarding school. Like, there are some neat things that you can do with dragons polymorphing, but I wouldn't have them be a farmer unless they are hiding. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and by God, people, put them as NPCs walking around. Mm-hmm. The NPC without a stat block should probably be a dragon. Yeah. I've done that to great success in my campaigns. Yes, you have. And I will continue to do so. <laughs> yeah. Um I keep on second guessing. Like he'll he'll get, drop an NPC on us. I'll be like, "Is this one the dragon?" Yeah, I think I just straight up asked an NPC, "Are you a dragon?" Before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But remember, when you least expect it. That that's that's my deal. Anyways, I want to hit a shout out. Is there anything else that we want to talk about on this before no, we move on? Not right now. All right, I want to do a shout out right now. I want to do a shout out to Fire and Dice. Fire and Dice is one of my favorite um, uh, Instagram accounts that's out right now. It's Fire dot and dot dice and is spelled a and d it's not the ampersand so um fire and dice is fantastic my favorite thing that they do is they run combat between two similar monsters like uh cr level monsters Mm -hmm. and they have people like guessing and then they actually go to their youtube channel and battle it out we have a dm and two players each player's picking one of the monsters and they they fight and then they announce the winner at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually have contests running all the time. You know, did you guess right? Um, and uh, and how did, how did that go? And uh, I've gotten myself into arguments about, no, man, an ogre should never beat a troll. 
Troll should always win because it can regenerate. And he's like, no, man, we, we ran the combat. And then I go watch it. I'm like, yeah, you ran the combat. So, like, he's really involved. He's really smart about things. And he's got some interesting content that no one else is doing. Mm-hmm. So if you don't follow fire.and.dice, you should. They're absolutely fantastic. And, and he runs a great uh, a great channel. So There we go. Cool. Nice. All right. Now, on to the last thing. Um, there is so much to cover with dragons. There is so much. Mm-hmm. What else? I just kind of left this one freeform for you guys. What other details are important to discuss when talking about dragons? What have we missed? Generally speaking, right, we know they have scales. We know they have horns. We know that you can identify a dragon in with your dark vision based on the horns that it has, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that's an important aspect mm-hmm. as well. Not every dragon looks the same. Yeah. Um, but let's uh, let's roll initiative. And sure. Fitting. Your 15 was a, is now 12 because Terry knocked it out of the way. <laughs> Deliberately. <laughs> well, I got a 14, so I'm going next. <laughs> Fell on my own sword with that one, though. I'm going last. As is tradition. As is tradition. I'm just going to sit back and let Adam talk more. <laughs> well, The roll- dice have decided. Uh, Terry decided. I did. Uh, okay, so... I can't be too mad. I've done that to you, like, you, like five times. Um, yes. It's one of the many reasons why I hate you. Uh, <laughs> first of all... God, you're petty. I love that you called Thank me you. God. <laughs> yeah, I've got a new skin regime right now. <laughs> petty. 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 Oh, petty. No, sorry. petty. Sorry. So, okay. First and foremost, what I want to talk about, um, I've got a couple of points because, of course, I do, but name your dragon appropriately. Yes. Okay. My dragons are these multi-syllabic monstrous names. They have the lifespan to be able to take the time to say it. They are Excantilus, Parstrixellian, Selginius, uh, Skylanantar. These are names, and hidden inside these names should be the names that they go by when they polymorph. Parstrixellian uh, went as Strix, hmm. right? Uh, Selginius went as Jen. Uh, Skylanantar. Wait, who's Jen? Uh, uh, Selginius died before oh. um, you guys got to that. Oh, Jen? Um, but uh, but Skylanantar uh, went by a human, uh, Kyla uh, Nint was her name. Oh, so, that reminds me as well, just when you said Jen there. Call the dragon by the right pronoun as well. That's the fastest way to piss him off, as I yep, just go from yep. asking when I refer to him as him. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, She's infuriated. Um, so when you when you introduce your dragon, that name needs to instill fear, and it has to be alien. Don't name it Bob. Unless Bob is one of the syllables, and it's 15 syllables, hmm. right? Like, there's smog, and some people name their dragons based off of, like, their breath weapon. Yeah. Right. Cinder. <laughs> Asha. Right. Like, sure. Everybody has their own way about it. I like having these giant, bigger than life mm-hmm. names. Yeah. And, and it's really important. Whatever you do, make that name uh, it, stand out and run it through your head 500 times to make sure that it doesn't rhyme with fart or something because your characters will undermine your dragon by, by any means necessary. Because they are bored and they are stupid. Yeah. Um, when it comes to your your dragons, they're kind of lined up so that no matter what size they're at, it's supposed to be each tier that you fight them at. I think that's a bit of a misnomer. Um, the idea that a uh, uh, young dragon is whatever CR is, it may only be 15 years old. And it may only be the size of a horse. And it may not be able to shape change. But that is still going to be a CR-17 because it's smarter than you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Use your environment and use your tactics and use your intelligence ahead of time. The dragon knows what it's doing. You as a DM should never random encounter a dragon unless the dragon's doing a flyby. Yeah. Um, here's And here's, here's my last thing. Dragon parts. You've killed the dragon. Now what? These are magical beings. Me, myself, feel free to steal this internet. If you eat a dragon heart, you get a permanent boost of plus 10 max HP. If you eat a dragon heart. Mm -hmm. Ancient dragons have two hearts. But you cannot get this bonus more than once. Hmm. Um, If you craft an item using dragon blood or you imbue it using dragon blood, it is now a magical item. If you imbue your your plus one masterwork greatsword with dragon blood, you dip it in there. 
it can now bypass regular resistances. It is considered a magic weapon. You can douse it for a certain number of rounds, and then the blood wears off. Or you can craft the item using it. It goes into the forge. The blood yep. cooks into the steel that's being used. Dragon fangs. Man, make a dagger. Yep. Make a short sword out of an ancient dragon uh, uh, fang that you have. Put a hilt on the end of it and use it. And I would just, whatever the breath weapon is, add 1d4 for that damage type. Mm-hmm. And dragon scales, if you're making armor or a shield, um, the shield should be able to, in my opinion, dragon scale shield reflects some of that damage back or has a 50% chance to. Dragon armor gives you resistance to that breath weapon. Mm. Right? So whatever else you can think of for a dragon. Just do, as long as it makes sense, right? But I would theme it with, with the with the weapon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or with the environment if the weapon doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, if you are going to make a cloak, right? It just gives you protection. You're not going to get exhaustion in the desert if you have a blue dragon cloak, right? Stuff like that. So, yeah. um, and here's my interesting thing. Where do you get dragon ancestry from when you're a sorcerer? Because you're not a half dragon. There's no half dragon in your background. You're just a human, right? Because dragon um, lineage overrides human. Yeah. So a half dragon and a human that mate becomes a half dragon hmm. for eternity. You just make it more half dragons. So where do you get this draconic ancestry from? And I believe it's from eating the heart of or drinking the blood of. Right. You get imbued with this power and it lasts generations. Yeah. Right? Because there's these big, awesome, magical creatures. This is what I want out of dragons. Yeah. Right? Um, and it gives you, like, so you you eat the heart of a green dragon and you got green dragon ancestry and you walk up to that green dragon in your campaign and you go, I am one of you. And he smells you and goes, you ate my sister, you bitch. <laughs> I can smell it on you. I didn't eat anybody. Well, then your great, great, great grandfather did. And I can smell it yeah. on you. And he yeah. was a coward and a parasite. And then yeah. they go off on their monologue. And yeah. yeah. So like I would have the fallout for the dragon ancestry as well. Um, this raises the question of what are dragonborn? They're not half dragon and they're not draconic ancestry. Um, but that's a future episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, unless you guys want to bring that up. Who rolled next? Me. That was you, yeah. Well, but, I mean, I could bring it up. Like, I had my, my Rezu was a dragonborn. Uh, a silver dragonborn who was direct spawn of uh, Bahamut. Like, I, Bahamut pulled off some of his scales and threw it to the wind. And those scales formed into eggs, which became his dragonborn children. Right? Um, like, that's the story I put in for Dragonborn. Uh, for the origins of, For right? the origins of Rezu. Um, but the thing that uh, I, I... There's so many different things you could do with dragons. There's so many different uh, tactics that, that you could use. Uh, what's the, the one thing we... Yeah, we, what's the one big thing that everyone that, like, they don't know about yet? Drop a knowledge bomb on them, Dan. <laughs> Drop it. Um, we've covered pretty much everything that I can oh, think of. Oh, no, there's so like, much more to dragon. Um. You mean without going into the specific without types? Without going into the yeah. spe- specific types, right? Like, the, 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 you could go into their, um, individual idiosyncrasies that, like, the blues have or the yellows have. Yeah, or, and or, we're going to cover that in all of, like, um, the... actually, I'll bring it up. Don't feel stuck to just the base chromatic. Bring in other chromatic ones. Like, I don't see why you can't have a yellow dragon, why you can't have an orange dragon. Okay, so... And then theme it. Like, build it and keep in mind that, like, if if uh, if a red one is like this and a blue one is like this, what's a purple like? Okay, so all of those exist. They haven't been released for 5th edition yet. But they're out there in the lore. There were Draconomicons that were have been written for... Yeah, oh for yeah, oh yeah. 3.5... Uh, as well as I think there was stuff specifically in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder and 4th Edition. If you want something different for your dragon, go to 4th Edition. Mm-hmm. They've got auras. They've got all sorts of crazy bullshit to them that can add a new dynamic to it if yeah. you're tired of dragons. So mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. You want a brown dragon? They exist. You want a gray dragon? They exist. They're all out there. What about um, chromatic dragons that ex- extend their power 
exponentially, such as a red dragon that buries to the heart of the volcano to become a volcano dragon, or a, a blue dragon that uh, goes to the hottest part of the storm to become a storm dragon, yeah. or a white dragon becoming a tundra dragon by burying to the deepest point in the ice and staying there. Ab absolutely, and it doesn't yeah. have to be chromatic. Yeah. There, there's, there are cobalt, not cobalt, cobalt dragons. Yeah. There are aluminum dragons. All the different metallics are out there. There's yeah. also gem dragons and fairy dragons. There's so much out there. There's so much out there. And it's not hard to bleed them over. And it's not hard to bleed over uh, traits that you think would be interesting in building your own. Um, like, I love the fact that auras have existed. Right? Like, it should have a frightful presence. It should. They all have frightful presence, yeah. but it's something that gets shrugged off. And when you make your save, you never have to do it again. No, no, which no. Which doesn't no, seem right it to should, me. It, like when you're within else, 15 be... feet, go fuck yourself. Yeah, right? Right? Like, you should have to make that thing every turn. Like, you could steal yourself for six seconds, but can you do it for 12? Yeah. Can you do it for 18? Yeah. Doubtful. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Right? Yeah, if so your like, party members are being incinerated in front of you, are you still like, huzzah? And, yeah. and I've hit this drum before, and I'm going to hit it again. Please, please, please. They are not mindless lizards. They are not mindless beasts. Absolutely. DMs do not play them as such. If you want a mindless beast, you have your gargantuan elementals. You've got your Tarrasque. You've got your Merit. You've got, there are so many. You can pull out the Kraken or the Astral Dreadnought. There are all sorts of these big, powerful, yeah. I'm going to eat the party in one go monsters out there. That's not what a dragon is. No. Exactly. Terry? Well, I know we covered a lot there. I think I would like to see people play a little bit more on the motivations of dragons. I think often we, we come across a uh, dragon in a mountain. It's sleeping, but it's there. Like, dragons have been around for a long time, but they still want things. They're still very territorial. You know, you could have a whole story arc of the red dragon and his followers is is growing his army because he wants to take the territory of his brother or cousin the ancient gold dragon and all of their followers and and so you have these cross continental different countries and tens of thousands of people of all getting yeah. behind these uh, these dragons for yeah they inspire armies exactly. they inspire civilizations exactly and the war is that that is the real reason for the war? But remember, they can shape change, and they're very smart. They may be saying that something else is the reason for the war. There's a whole story arc you could do that yeah. kind of thing. The thing I love, and we 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 started this talking about things like Shadowrun and everything else. Dragons in Shadowrun, I, it's a bit off brand, I know, yeah. but dragons in Shadowrun are your CEOs. They are the ones that are running your mega corporations, yeah. and and. They exist in Shadowrun. That's that's what their role is in the game. Do they shape change? They shape change as humans. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. Cool. And they have their big giant thunder lizard form, right? Um, that's another thing I want to bring up. A, a a dinosaur is not a dragon, and a dragon is not a dinosaur. No, absolutely. Right. And when uh, we also brought up uh, was it this episode or the last one? It was the last episode. The T Rex is killing the green dragon. Yeah. Right? That should never happen. No. That was a wounded green dragon and two T-Rex got the jump on it. Yeah. Because it was seriously wounded. Right? A dragon will destroy every T-Rex in the region. Right? Yeah. So, and you're absolutely right. A, a dragon is not a dinosaur. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? We And and you want to piss off a dragon real quick? Call it one. See yeah. what happens. Listen, you overgrown gecko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a way to either make it laugh... Or make it kill you, or make it kill you and then laugh. Yeah. Or kill you and laugh while doing it. Then yeah. revive yeah. you and then kill you again. So, um, we're going to jump into... Sorry, Terry, did you have anything more? No. Okay. There, I did want to mention one thing. There is a named dragon uh, that is kind of within D&D &D realm. It's Archeon, I think, or Archeon, or something like that. This is uh, a fantastic inspiration piece, if anything else or if not anything else that you could use in your campaigns where he's taken a aspect of the primal like the primal plane of fire and embedded it in his chest as a red dragon and he's flying around with a uh, what is it an elder elemental inside of his chest oh wow uh that it, and it's upped his uh power level significantly cuz he's a fire dragon with a fire elemental feeding him constantly use stuff like that remember they're inherently magical so they're not just going to be bland dragon, bland, in quotations, dragon, hanging out there. Have them twist the magical ethers to imbue themselves 
not just terrorize a party or a people. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say as well that it makes perfect sense that these dragons would go to the elemental planes when they become ancient and they can survive. And they feel like, yeah. Yeah, right? So then they would go do that. Um, it's in Ravnica where I think it's uh, Niv-Mizet is the name of one of the dragons. Mm-hmm. It's a good, big, powerful name. I like that. It's got a V and two Zs. Or Z's, I guess, if you're American. Um, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Um, but, oh my God. but it's, it's you don't bring up that bastardization of the Queen's English around Terry, Adam. <laughs> um, but uh, but he exists. He's a, he's a red dragon, and he's an ancient red dragon. But he is primarily a wizard, and his whole thing is, is spell casting. So there are many different ways of going about it. I love what you're saying about know the the tactics and the motivations of them. Yeah. Because that is going to, every dragon is going to be different. Every red dragon is going to be different. Like, And that's the other thing too, is a red dragon is, an, is they're different colors of red. Some are blood red. Some are, are bright red. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, uh, some of the blue ones can be teal to midnight blue. Yeah. And everything in between. Like, that's another really cool aspect of, of, of dragons as well, is that you can have a blue dragon, it's borderline purple. Yeah. Gives them more personality as well. Yeah. Then they're not just the blue dragon. You yeah, know and, and so feel free to to uh, to kind of lean into that. And you can do things as a DM, like drop little bits and pieces, like, uh, oh, the uh, the shiny white dragon. And everyone's like, oh, okay, it's a white dragon. But no, it was a silver one. It was just like almost sterling silver. Flying over yeah. snow. <laughs> yeah, right? And why not? <laughs> but like, really, why not? Like, yeah. you can really flavor it to be... Uh, as different as you want it to be within the realm of it, and I know what you're, what you're saying about feel free to grab from um, different inspirations for dragons, Dan, and you're absolutely right. But like you said in our Meet the DMs episode about how you hate it when people reskin monsters, a red dragon should be in the mountain. I don't see a black dragon in a mountain. Oh no, no, that's not what I mean. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like for those listening, don't give poison breath to a blue dragon because you like that flavor. That's weird to me. Don't do it. Yeah. Right? Like, if you want the poison breath, have a green dragon. Mm-hmm. Right? Or have a blue dragon that has um, cowed a green dragon to its will. Right? And and so there's an ancient blue and a young green. Right? And the young green is actively trying to figure out how to get out from underneath the thumb of the ancient blue. Yeah. Right? Now, here's your here's your politics and your intrigue yeah. and, and whatnot. And especially if they're in human form. Well, you do it, right? So there are so many options, so many things you can do with dragons. And I guess that's kind of the point of this. Um, so that we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on the concept of flyby attacks. Yeah. When we're talking about black dragons or, or copper dragons. Um, I just wanted to hit this overview first. And then uh, we're going to start off. I think the next one is uh, is white. We're going to do the, the chromatics first. Yep. And uh, get them out of the way. But there are many, many, many dragon themed episodes ahead so um uh drop us a comment tell us what's your favorite kind of dragon and why yeah yeah because everybody's got their own weird preference everybody says red but seriously and like give us a story i mean these things are central to the game they're in the bloody title or right what's your what's your coolest story about a time you and your party encountered a dragon even what whatever you want covering as well if you want us to go a little bit into more detail on strategies that specific dragon types might use we'll yeah. do that we'll explore that a little bit more for sure yeah all right so i don't have anything else about dragons actually i have 16 more episodes no, about dragons yeah. i don't have anything else for the overview for, yeah for right now no i'm, I'm good. good all right so uh this has been another episode uh episode what are we on 17, 17 yeah of it's a mimic this is just flying by guys um but uh we will hit you up next week i think we're back to lore yep we're covering underdark i believe <laughs> cool from the skies to the underground yep all right so uh have yourself a uh a good week and we'll we'll talk to you later bye bye thank you for listening to it's a mimic check us out online at it's a mimic.com or on facebook instagram and twitter have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show send them an email to it's a mimic at gmail.com tune in every tuesday for more Thank you.